Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. to Bulls Gold on the Barroom Network. I'm Salim Scudderwala, and as always, I'm joined by Edward Truel Jr. Hey, Ed, how's it going? I'm good. Uh, we haven't talked in a little bit in about a week, and a lot has happened with the Bulls, some ups, some downs, but uh, everything's good. I'm still enjoying the season, even after uh, even after that Warriors game, but uh, yeah, every, everything is good with me. How about you? Yeah, I mean, everything is good. I think... I think yeah, like you sent out the ups and downs. Obviously, we've we haven't talked since they had that uh, five game span where we thought they could go four and one, but like even three and two was like a likely mm-hmm. outcome, and that's essentially what ended up happening. And then um, just this road trip started, uh, not on the best foot. Uh, obviously, we got some bad news with Vooch, which we'll get into. And then um, some good news with Kobe's possible return and then some other bad news. Well, news that we've been kind of bad news that we've been anticipating with the tampering charges. So we'll get into all of that as we uh, mm-hmm. as we you know get back into a conversation about about the beloved here. So let's start out with uh, the Warriors game and this road trip that we're on. Um this this tough road trip that we're going to be we obviously play the Warriors we got the Clippers today then you got Los Angeles on Monday Wednesday we got the Blazers and then we capped that off with uh the Denver Nuggets uh who we're always we always play like hell in in the mile high oh, cities yeah. uh, no matter what how good or bad the Bulls are so that's going to be obviously a tough game as well so what were your thoughts on the Warriors game in general? Like, what did you see out there, obviously, without having Nikola Vucevic? And um, what were the positives you saw? And what were some of the negatives? So, first, I'll say uh, anytime Steph is in God mode like that, you just don't have much of a chance. I mean, he went 9 for 17 from 3, shot 62% from the field, and like hit us with a 40 piece. So it, there's just, it, it's hard, especially when your team overall is not hitting shots. Like Lonzo went two for 11. DeMar went four for 13. They went eight for 27 from three. You just didn't really get a whole lot from the guys that you really needed to win. But, and I'll say this, I don't know if you saw the same thing, but when the game first started, the one thing that I recognized is immediately how much Vooch is missed <laughs> because oh, hell yeah. yeah because hell yeah. like first play I saw it and it's it's the it's the pick and pop at the top of the key it's the spacing that he brings 
because he takes another man out of the paint. So when you had Tony Bradley who started in his place and you had Javante Green playing the four, you basically now have two non-shooters on the court. So Golden State can lead those guys and they can pressure the main ball handler more and they can play at the rim better because Tony Bradley is not dragging you out the paint. So it, it seemed like it was harder for Zach and DeMar to get the the optimal spacing that they needed and to really get quality looks towards the rim. So, yeah. yeah. Like, did you Sorry, see the same yeah. thing? Yeah, 100% agree with you. And then the additional thing we missed is uh, him as a passer, especially in that short role, because a lot of times when you see DeMar and Zach kind of get trapped or maybe I don't know if trapped is the right word, but you kind of see that double come over. He's a, he's a release valve for them to dump it off. Yeah. Like I said, especially in that short role, he usually finds a lot of cutters and stuff like that. They tried that with uh, the bigs that were playing like Alizé Johnson, Tony Bradley Jr., even Javante. And none of those guys are remotely close to the passer that Vooch is. So we just saw bad shot attempts, just broken possessions, uh, basically just, yeah, just bad offense at times. I think, you know, Zach started out really well, but then the, but then the Warriors changed, changed the defensive coverage on it. It went on that box, box and one uh, defensive look on him. And then the Bulls obviously just didn't have the ability to adjust at that point. Um, but, like Demar and Billy said, you know, it, it it comes down to a point where they're going to have to learn to play without him. Uh, there's definitely things that they can do to adjust. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, um, with Zach and and Demar, there's things that they could do as far as uh, playing them together more, maybe doing some more inverted, uh, inverted plays like picking screens and picking pops and stuff like that. Um, to kind of get them easier looks essentially. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how they go about that. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question in regards to um, how, how Billy started that game. Did, did you think that he should have probably started Alex Caruso instead of going with uh, Tony Bradley Jr. And, and playing like a smaller lineup? to go because how, how well Caruso defends as opposed to uh, Lonzo who uh, defending, like running around screens and things like, cause obviously Caruso is a much better screen navigator. I think that would have been a, I think that's an approach I definitely would have agreed with too, because again, I, I just don't know, not only for the reasons that you just gave, but offensively, I just don't know how you play Green and Bradley together up front and expect good spacing. I think even if you go small, of course, you're going to lose out on some rebounding and things like that. But I feel like you're going to get better spacing because you still have to respect Caruso as a shooter. And I guess that gives you a little bit of what you miss from Vooch as a shooter, even though obviously for reasons you mentioned with passing, pick and pop, things like that, it's not the same. But yeah, that's something I would have liked to see. And it's just, it's a tough situation for Billy Donovan because I, I feel like there's no perfect solution when you're missing Vooch. 
because like you said he is a release valve like he is a guy who's gonna get really quality shots we like people have been bagging on him during this this uh you know slow starts of a season for him but he's not taking bad shots at all <laughs> like he, he oh, takes correct. good shots high quality good shots he's missing open shots for the most part or he'll miss like some bunnies at the rim they go in and out or some floaters but he takes good shots and i i can't ask for a whole lot more i mean i i just hope that he doesn't get down on himself and i think we saw in the uh in the brooklyn game that he was starting to uh, find it a little bit. Like he came, he came yeah. on a little bit towards the end. So that that and was then good. Dallas. Yeah. He had a good game, like a, a good scoring game against uh, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So that's that's the one. Yep. Yeah. So like the fourth quarter of, of the of the Brooklyn game, he was solid. Like he 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 started coming a little alive, and 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 credit to Zach for kind of force feeding him the ball. Not force feeding, but like running plays, I should say, to get. Um, him him more confident shots and things like that just to get his his confidence going and then against dallas he started hitting his regular like you know rolling to the basket like a lot of the pick and rolls they would play the um side the side uh empty side uh pick and pops with him and zach hitting his three ball as well i think i felt like he hit a at least one or two threes um yeah but yeah he he was playing better yeah and i think the I, I think the catch with starting Caruso is that your bench now doesn't really have a whole lot to like Caruso is a big part of bringing that energy, I think from the second unit. So maybe IO too, but I, I don't know. Like it's, uh, it's, it's such a really tough situation, especially when you don't have Kobe and when you don't have Patrick Williams, like the bulls depth right now is really being tested without, uh, essentially three players, Williams, Vooch, Kobe, who all play like necessary roles for the team. So it, it's such a tough situation for Billy Donovan. And I, I really think that the Warriors at home with Curry playing like this and their defense adjusting the way that they did against the Bulls offense, just just a, just a bad matchup. They, they hung in there for a little bit, but the Warriors just blew it open, and from there, you knew it was just over. I think also, like when you we talk, like let's talk about the Caruso thing again because uh, he played a total of like defended Curry a total of like two minutes and thirty seven seconds. That's to me, he's again, he's your best point of attack defender. Mm-hmm. He's like Lonzo is better as as a uh, as an off ball uh, roaming roamer, if you will. Um, and you saw the struggles Lonzo had trying to chase the courier on the I don't know if you saw that meme uh somebody yeah. <laughs> posted where like Lonzo chasing Curry around those screens. And no disrespect to Lonzo, it's not Lonzo's fault really, because yeah. Curry's also just like one of these elite all-time great uh screen navigators. Yeah, it's, it's just nothing like, you he, can uh, do. Man. The way he runs around <laughs> screens is just it's absurd. Like there's no one there's really no one better than him at, yeah. playing today and Arguably, like he's up there with guys like Reggie Miller and Rip Hamilton as far as yeah. being able to run around these screens and and get to his spots, and it's just like a track meet when you're playing stuff. Yeah. Um. So, in that regards, like I said, you know, you're putting you're putting Lonzo in a tough position, and and knowing you have a guy like Caruso who's 
who's this absolutely elite at that in navigating around screens like we've seen the 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 examples and videos by Stefan No who who shows us like why exactly he's so great at at what he does um to only have him playing 2 minutes and 37 seconds against Steph is it's a, it's a, just a big error that could have been avoided and like I mean you look at what Steph did against him and and not to say like you know it was like Cruz locked him down or anything, I wouldn't say, but like he was three or four against, against uh, Alex. But I think one of those threes was a, a clear offensive foul that they didn't call. Um, he definitely made it a little tougher because you saw some of the plays, like he was poking the ball out of Steph's hand. He was, he was getting in Steph's grill a little bit. And then you also saw like the stat that somebody posted against uh, four games played against Steph where he's shooting like 31% overall and 21% from the field. Um, so, yeah, like I just said, you know, and not to say like Steph would have not gone off. Maybe he would have still because, you know, maybe he was just due to have a game against even Alex Caruso. But it just, like I said, it just is you want to put your best uh, guy on 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 their best player. That's just how it should always be. You should, your best defender, I should say, on their on their best player. That's how it should always be. And maybe that's something uh, Billy will think about more in the future. So looking ahead to the Clippers game then, like would you would you keep the lineup the same? Like would you put Caruso in the starting lineup and take Bradley or Green out? Or like how would you approach it? for for that game where they're starting you know Zubats at center and then outside of that they the lineup that they play the most typically is a very you know smaller lineup with like Reggie Jackson, Bledsoe, Batum, Paul George. So like how do you approach this game? I do think you need better passing in the lineup especially with Vooch being out like we talked about um, obviously Caruso isn't like the half court creator or whatever, but like he is a good connector. So if Zach and DeMar do get into trouble a little bit, he's there as well. And you can, you can slide DeMar over to the four. Um, I don't know. I would, I mean, I guess Javante, I, I, I would try starting. I know we've people talked about this, but like starting DJJ just cause his athleticism is mm-hmm. so uh elite that he he can really do a lot of things at that four or five spot more so I feel like than Javante can. Um not to say Javante is not a good athlete. Obviously Javante is a really good athlete in his own right, but uh there's just things that, that DJJ does, um especially on the offensive glass, I feel like that that benefit, I think, the Bulls more, I think. And like I said, if you start with Caruso and DJJ, I think that gives them um, – and I think it's, that would be a better idea. Especially, like I said, we were talking about Caruso being a better passer out there. It could be more beneficial to have that uh, for for Zach and DeMar. Yeah, I, I'm I'm down with uh, moving Derrick Jones Jr. into the starting lineup, and I – I think for the reasons you gave, those those make sense. So it's going to be really interesting to see the looks that they give the Clippers and if there are any adjustments from it. Like I, I really hope that 
I really hope that Kobe comes back soon. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I they said the. Yeah. I know we're we're gonna talk about that. I think they said the Lakers game is when he's expected to make his return. Yeah, because I think that gives you more options in terms of how you can play when you go small, and just getting more shooting back that I think can can eat into the the loss of Vucevic a little bit. But it is uh, it's so tough. Like this, like I, I think if we went into this road trip with Vooch fully healthy, I'm I'm not sure we win that Warriors game, but I think it's a cl- a much closer game than what it was. But I think we would be set up for this road trip better without him right now. I'm not particularly sure because of the spacing, because of the lack of depth that we're now seeing with him out and. It's just so hard to replace what he does. And I, I think moving Derrick Jones Jr. into the starting lineup can help. I do think that, you know, it, we're going to see, well, we may not see Damian Lillard if he's continuing to be out. But if we face someone like Steph Curry again in a Damian Lillard to see that approach better with more Caruso on him and, you know, things like that, those will help. But it's just going to be so hard to fill that void that Vuce has. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I said, you know they're gonna have to adjust uh, life with that Vooch. And interesting thing, I know, I don't, I, I don't know if you've heard anything different or seen anything different in regards to Vooch being out. Where they, they obviously they said ten days, and then the league though has a a rule if you are vaccinated and are able to test negative in a twenty four hour span like you supposedly can come back and no one's mentioned that outside of uh yet like Woj uh went mentioned it in his article that he posted after after you know the news came out and he mentioned that you know that little a little snippet of it but none of the bulls beat writers that I've seen have really talked about that or at all have talked about it um I don't know like I know they said that like Billy mentioned that uh, Vooch has like cold like symptoms but like obviously he tested positive for covid mm. so I don't know I don't know what like how much of a difference that makes I don't know I was just kind of like have you seen anything like are, are I, you like a bit more curious about that it's like why haven't they talked about that Yeah I I've been wondering the same thing too and even in like other sports with like the NFL, like I think they have a similar thing too, where if you get like two negative tests in like 24 hours or whatever, then you're good to go. But yeah, it is kind of surprising that they haven't mentioned that. Uh, I, I guess maybe they think that there isn't a chance that there isn't much of a significant chance that he is going to. I, I don't know. I guess it's always tough with, it's always tough predicting these things, I guess. Like, Cause there's so much that goes into it. Like people have like false negatives and uh, there's players who have been around people who had it, but they don't catch it and different things like that. So I, I don't know, but it, <laughs> yeah. And, Cause it's supposed to be twice that you, if you like a, a two times, you're supposed to take the test and 24 hours. Yeah. And if you have two negatives, so it's not like you're just testing once. That's, I think yeah. that's why they kind of ta- make sure they do it twice because of those false uh, negatives or false positives, I don't know, or or something like that. So, like, if you accidentally have test negative and all of a sudden you test positive again, you know, that's why they want to make sure to, yeah. to do that. And 
Yeah, I mean, so I'll, I don't know. It I, just it's interesting, and it's weird that they haven't really dwelt dwelled into that. Yeah, I I wonder if they're. I mean, I wonder if he's even like testing every day right now. That's another thing I would think about. Like, yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. We don't we don't know, and I don't know when that so it's supposed to happen. I know you're. They say like obviously if his symptoms are gone, maybe that's when they would test. Like if because if he's not having visit physical like symptoms, yeah, uh, you know, then they can maybe. I think that's the only reason they tested him because he was showing symptoms. Like, yeah, it's um, uh, it's such a all this is crazy because like he's the only one on the team who has it. Yeah, luckily, hopefully <laughs> yeah. that's uh, well, yeah, hopefully, playing, <laughs> yeah, because he was playing because uh, Embiid had got it from his teammate, uh, and he was obviously guarding Embiid the the most, so. Yeah. Uh, that's how he Booch ended up getting it, and I'm hopefully nobody else gets it. Like hopefully the Bulls don't play anyone that has it again, and you know, it, but it's gonna happen. It yeah, just I mean because this this is just this is one of those uh, things that it's it's almost in a you know unavoidable. It's just like it's becoming to a point where you know it, it's a it's a viral disease. Uh, yeah. you know so it's a virus like a viral virus like airborne yeah you just so it's, it's, it's it's you're gonna end up getting it <laughs> yeah you just for for fans sake you just hope that it's like at the right timing i guess <laughs> like when you're yeah, playing I mean, a bunch of easy teams at home or something and you're not on a west coast road trip when you're playing a bunch of really good teams so you, you hope that the timing is there but it's just it's a virus that knows no timing and these things are gonna happen so the odds are pretty decent that someone on the Bulls will catch it at some point this season that every team will go through this. Like every team in every sport is going through this and it's just, yeah. it's just unfortunate. I think it'll be mitigated as much as like last season, because obviously mm. they're, they have more like the boosters available. So I think they're getting mandating uh, players to, or I don't know if a mandate's the right word, but they're telling players that, okay, get the vaccine um or encouraging them to get it get it i know i like certain staff have to get it yeah like i think maybe coaches have to get it but players i know they can i mean technically they pretty much have to because otherwise in certain circumstances they can't play yeah. like if they go to like the new york or i think even the um when they go into they're in california right now so if if any bulls player didn't have it they wouldn't be able to play because they're road on a, on a road trip so yeah um so luckily we don't have that situation the only reason we have guys that can't play is because one a they, one got covid and the other is out uh due to injury who's going to be back soon and let's talk about let's talk about him uh kobe white uh, a little bit more and and how much we miss him obviously <laughs> is, is scoring off the bench he's kind of like that like i i i, I keep I, i've said in the past where I think we have a bench mob finally, and and he he's basically what completes it, yeah. Um, because you have that mix of defense, um, energy. There's a little bit of ball handling, and then Kobe obviously he can handle the ball too. But he's uh, he's that offensive spark plug that really can go off. Like he can when he's on, he can score like he can score like Zach. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's on, he really he really can. He can throw like we've seen him. We've seen him hit like seven, eight threes in a game, and like not just attempt, but hit them mm-hmm. all. And then like 
scoring 30 points back to back 30 point games. So we can see we've seen what Kobe can do offensively. And obviously it's going to probably take him a little bit of time to get his conditioning right and get back into playing because obviously he couldn't do a lot of shooting and things like that because of his, he had to wait at, at an exact amount of time. But what, what are you, like I said, some of the things I mentioned, but what are you looking as far as uh, with Kobe coming back um, and seeing what uh, he provides? I, I think he unlocks some upside for his team, additional upside for his team. And for the reasons you mentioned, I, I feel like when you talk about his street shooting, it's in a sense you think of like Kyle Korver when he was, you know, with the Bulls for a little bit. Obviously, Korver much more consistent, high 40 percent, you know, three point shooter, one of the best, you know, three point shooters ever. But in terms of like role and meaning, that's what you think of with Kobe White in the sense of the games where he gets hot, where he just goes off for like four for six from three and a half or six for eight or six for nine, whatever, where he's just a flamethrower. Those are the type of games that can be big boosts for this team because it takes pressure off of the other players to continue to be great each night. And it gives you a guy off the bench who can come in and light up the uh, scoreboard. So it's really meaningful for the Bulls to get him back. And especially, as you mentioned, with the defenders that they have on this team, he's going to be in lineups that are much more suitable for him to be effective. And he's going to be asked to do less than what he has done in the past couple of seasons. So I think what he means to this team is very much unlocking additional upside for him to be really good this season. Yeah, 100 percent agree with you. And and. He he's gonna be that guy that, like I said, with all the that, that makes our offense even better right now. We've we've seen how good the offense can be when they're clicking, but they I feel like they really haven't had. Um, I mean, maybe I guess you can maybe argue the Dallas game for the offense at least um, was a complete game. Uh, defensively, I didn't think it was a complete game because they just had a lot of mistakes rotation wise um and that's a weird thing again with this Bulls team it's you know that right now they're sitting at eight and four and if you had told me obviously after 12 games that they'd be eight and four i would be like and and eight and four especially (laughs) with not having boots for a few games obviously kobe being out uh just the weird little things that have happened with zach's thumb obviously if you had told me we've been eight and four right now i'd be like I wouldn't believe you. I would have slapped you. You're lying to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you? You're a liar. Like, why are you lying to me right yeah, now? I mean, I mean, you you so, look at the you look and, at the numbers. Like, they're seventh in offensive rating. They're ninth in defensive rating, and they're sixth right. in net rating. Like, we we talk about the flaws of this team, but they have been a one of the more balanced teams in the league so far this season. And that is yeah. again, as you mentioned, with Vooch having one of the worst starts to his career. No Kobe White, no Patrick Williams. Like, there's room for, for more. <laughs> yeah, and like I was saying, like they haven't put a complete game together. I feel like they haven't. Like, I, I mean, like maybe you can pick and choose. Maybe like the Jazz game. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe the Brooklyn game you can look at as well. Uh, but like I said, Vooch just started off rough that game. Yeah. So, like I said, there's just so many 
so many things you can look at to start the season. And even though, you know, there's, there's things that have happened that are frustrating when it comes down to it, like, man, they're eight and four, they're third in the East. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much better you can ask for. And obviously uh, with these next four games coming up, the remainder of this road trip, you know, it's, I, it's going to be tough. I mean, like, if if we had Vooch, I was pretty confident that they could go three and two. I, like, I expected that even with Vooch, I expected that Warriors game to be a loss just because the Warriors, I think, are the best team in the league right now. And that's just crazy, scary to think about because, like, when Clay comes back, not to kind of, you know, get off on this random tangent, but when Clay comes back, and Clay is one of those guys that's never relied on athleticism. So he just needs to get his conditioning right. Yeah. And he's going to get so much. He's going to get like all these, the same shots that he gets. He's always gotten. Yes. And that Warriors team is going to be pretty scary. But anyways, like getting into more of this other schedule, obviously we played the Clippers today. We've talked about that. We talked about the Lakers. We talked about Portland and Denver. Without Vooch, who knows when he comes back? Obviously with Kobe, who knows how he'll look? He's going to be shaky. I mean, I think he's, there's going to be good and bad with Kobe when he comes back right now because, like I said, he's going to be getting you know his conditioning right. He's going to be getting a, his feel right because when you miss that amount of time playing, uh, being able to play basketball, you got to get your certain, like, um, I, don't know, I don't know if muscle memory is the right word, but yeah. just getting a certain, you know, feel of the game back a little bit. Just a little bit, because obviously you're rusty, so that's going to be a factor as well. So we'll we'll see what happens. I guess you know. I mean, what are you expecting in these next four games? Like, how are you how are you envisioning it playing out? Ooh, uh, it's it's a little bit of everything. Like, you look at this Clippers game, and the Clippers have been pretty good, eight and four. Yeah. Uh, they are fourth in net rating. They've been a really good defensive team so far. Paul George has been playing at an MVP level. I feel like this game could go either way, but the Clippers have been so good that I, I like I said, I, I think that they obviously should be the favorites with the Bulls not having Vooch. The Lakers, you never know what they're going to get, and I feel extremely bad that I picked them to go to the finals <laughs> on that <laughs> on our uh, prediction show, so I, I immediately regret that. But the Lakers are just like, you really don't know what you're going to get from them. Like They have talent, but it's just, I don't know, it, it's just, they're, they're just a weird team. But they're 7-6 and six still. Uh, defensively, haven't been great offensively have not been great so far we don't know if lebron is going to be playing i think that's a winnable game i think that's a game that you could look at the bulls being favorites and possibly um portland also kind of struggling we don't know if they're going to have damian lillard i think he's going to miss uh the next game with an abdomen injury i think i saw a tweet from so we don't know how yeah. that game is going to go uh and then you close out with denver and denver has been very good eight and four Really good defense. Uh, and like you said, we, we traditionally kind of struggle at uh, <laughs> playing at that altitude and, you know, playing with Denver. So, I don't know. Like, this could – I could see this these next four games being a split. Um, 
I don't know. It's this. This isn't like these thirteen games when we originally talked about it. When I said eight and five, it's not looking like that's gonna happen. But uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking split here. What What are you yeah, saying? <laughs> I'm I'm hoping for a split because I'll be kind of worried if they go zero and five on this or like one and four. That'll be kind of concerning. Even without Booch, I feel like that Portland game. I mean, how bad they've struggled, especially if they don't have Dame. That's guaranteed should be a win. Um, if the Lakers don't have LeBron, we've seen how bad they are without LeBron. Yeah. So I mean, I mean they haven't been great with with him, obviously, but without LeBron, they're just even that much worse. Yeah. So like I feel like that should be a win, and, and I, I like I said today I won't be surprised if they lose, just because like you said the Clippers are. I think that whether you look at Basketball Reference or NBA.com, but they're a three third top three or four defensive team in this league as far as defensive net rating is concerned. And obviously they have, you know, that superstar in, in Paul George, obviously you have all these, you know, different factors and, and the, they don't play necessarily big, you know, they have Zubak, like you mentioned, but I don't think they play him as much. They, they like to go small as well. So, I guess it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting what adjustment Billy makes today. Um, if he does a little bit more off ball stuff like that, that's one thing that's been interesting. I feel like with Billy, um, I don't, I don't know if he's trying to be just, you know, play place, you know, be that player's coach, I should say, as far as trying to keep everyone happy, because I know there's a lot of times where I feel like he has, and other people have mentioned that, like you know, our our our, our barroom network uh, partner uh, co uh, partners that do also Bulls podcast on Bulls One Hundred One, Chris and uh, Lero mentioned it as well as far as getting Lonzo off ball more because mm-hmm. he does too much ball handling in the half court, and that and obviously you want to get him some opportunities uh, just to, just to experiment and see if he can develop that skill, but. I feel like he does it even in in high leverage situations and especially when we need good possessions. Like he's a, he's a shooter so you have a lot of sets where you end up having guys like DeMar or Zach standing off ball and obviously Zach you can kind of live with sometimes because he's a good shooter but you know you're you have like Green DeMar post uh spotting up they're not your shooters like you should have lonzo you should have the ball in demar's hand yeah you know run some action for zach have have a guy like lonzo spreading the floor and lonzo shoot the ball <laughs> like there's yeah. one like he the, the last i want to say two games i don't think there's been a issue with him passing up shots but against the nats he, you know he had a lot of he had some opportunities that he, but he decided not to take. And that always frustrates me with him too. It's like, dude, you're open in the corner, <laughs> shoot the damn ball. Yeah. So don't pass that ball at all. Yeah. Like I, it's, it's just like, it's weird. Like that's what I'm we're, we'll see what Billy does today though. As far as those adjustments are concerned, like I, I'd hope ideally he does make these, these little, Oh, excuse me, these little changes that we need to see, like, and, and obviously, you know, he does like to, again, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here, but I know he does like to let guys do their own thing. 
uh, offensively. He, he gives them that offensive freedom, but I would hope that he kind of does get a little strict as, as we, as the season goes on and, and starts getting like, you know, definitions and to put players roles. Like you like, like, look, Lonzo, I get it. And on the open court mm-hmm. on fast breaks. Yeah. We'll give you the ball uh, and go wild. Cause we see when you're in open court, making these full court passes, like we saw against Dallas. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's great. You, you find guys, but once we get into half court and there isn't something, a quick hit play there, let's get the ball to the bar. Let's get the ball to Zach or Vooch and let's run something. Let's run an action. Let's do something, you know, that we can get an easier look for Zach or DeMar. Uh, and we need you to sp- spread the floor. And when you get that ball, we need you to let that fly. Yeah. Like, I, I would love, I loved it against Dallas that Lonzo took 10 threes. I was like, dude, you need to take as many threes as you can. Yeah. I think that makes, and I think that's a part of what makes all of this work is that his improved shooting off the ball has been just, just really valuable for his team. I mean, he's making forty-two percent of his threes right now and attempting about seven a game. So, and he's making about three threes per game. So, yeah. this is really valuable. And, I, and yeah, honestly, I like to see that go up. I, I wouldn't be mad if he took ten threes a game. I would oh, not yeah, at for all. sure. Like, I'm not. I'm. As long as he keeps, I think, I think this team takes good shots. Even in the Warriors game when Lonzo was missing, he took good shots. Like, I, yeah, exactly. I, I wasn't upset with anything. He just wasn't making them, and it will happen. It's a 82 game season. Players are going to have some cold stretches. They're going to have some cold games. So it's inevitable. But as long as they're taking the right shots, I think you can live with it in general. Yeah, hundred percent agree yeah. with you. Um, so hopefully you know, we do see him get to, you know, play that role more than, you know, being more of a creator or initiator all the time. Like, I like that the Bulls have more options with who can initiate the offense and who can take the ball up and who can, you know, can, you know, move the ball for other players. But you still have to, you know, live and die with your best players, Levine, DeRozan, Vooch. So. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously with Kobe coming back and maybe he can be one of those guys, too, where. Yeah depending on what development steps he takes as, as in year three, because this is obviously going to be where you see some, you know, spikes in his development, regardless of him missing time because of rehabbing, you know, just by, just by simply playing the game and being around the game, young players can still develop. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see, you know, what development steps Kobe takes as well, because that's a, that's still also a possibility because he's he's such a young player. So yeah, absolutely. So, um, but that that'll be interesting. But uh, let, let's wrap up on this here. Uh, we've talked about obviously all since the off season, since the, the Lonzo signing happened. There's been this tampering investigation for the Bulls and the Miami Heat. Um, I don't know if we can call this a brand new update, but I guess there's something where there's the Woj said that uh, a brand new update as in like of information, mm. but more so it's been like kind of like a situation where it said they're, they're in advanced stages of finally maybe throwing down the hammer on the bulls. 
And obviously Woj, Woj mentioned, I think it was mentioned in the, in the before that it could be like up to like $10 million in fine, mm. uh, confiscation of draft picks. Now, I don't know if the draft picks would be taken by the league or they would be given to like the teams involved. Like, so I don't know like if, if the Pelicans would get a draft pick and then Toronto would get a draft pick. I don't know how that works. Um, or it would just be like, like I said, you know, they would just take away a, a pick for the Bulls, and obviously, then the the then the first round would only have, you know, x many amount of drafts. Yeah, I don't know how that works, I, but um, but yeah, and then you also have potentially uh, executives like being uh, suspended, and that would be interesting. I don't know what that means like <laughs> i mean i like how like you're suspending kind of like this is kind of like when you get grounded and you have a bunch of like cool stuff in your room that yeah. you can do yeah. like it said <laughs> how do you like you're suspending an executive i mean obviously you take away pay jack i guess but yeah. it's still kind of funny concept yeah. to suspend a a oh. person that doesn't necessarily like this whole situation is funny man this is yeah it is it's, it's it like is. it's Cause like this is sports. Like every every league, they do they tamper. Like because yeah. we we certainly don't believe that when free agency starts, all of these teams just magically get these deals done in a matter of minutes. These things are done through back channels, and it's always been this way. So it's just it seems weird that they are selectively like punishing a team like. It, it's just it's just really strange that they're doing it like this, and so I I don't know what the I don't know what the long term uh, improvement is here of taking draft picks away from the Bulls and Heat and suspending executives and you know things like that when people are just gonna do it again in next summer. <laughs> people are just yeah, going exactly. to do the same I mean- thing. <laughs> The Bulls, like the league, also like I, I was, I've, I've been saying this, but the league, obviously, we all say this. They put such a high emphasis on on free agency and being in the in the news, and they love, you know, Woj and Shams trying to outdo each other and and yeah. reporting because they love the the constant talk. The NBA has been it has become twenty four seven because. The whole this league, right? Uh, this, <laughs> this league, league. <laughs> hashtag started because of the NBA, um, and you, you, like I said, it that like the, that first day of free agency is 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 like one of the best days about the NBA, like one of the the best parts about the NBA, and they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot for that. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just like like maybe teams will get nervous, and now you'll see less exciting things happening. It feels like, like this has always been the case, but I feel like summer 2010, like transformed the game in so many different ways, not just in terms of how players approach free agency, but also in terms of how like it's reported through Twitter and things like that. Cause we were all glued to, to, to tweets and all these other things to find out when, where these players were going. And I feel like that was really when all of this took off, at least in terms of what we're seeing right now and like you mentioned the nba build shows on espn around this stuff they had they had a free agency start like free agency show kickoff show 
and when it, it the when the freedom started like six I, I can't remember five or six when it started then they it was built around uh oh you you want to see what bombs Woj is gonna drop so if you're building shows around this then why can't teams do this because otherwise there's no way that teams are going to get deals done that quickly so it, it just feels like they want to have their cake and they want to eat it too and then when executives complain then it's like oh we got to be fair it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me at all so i i just don't know what any of this does we're we're going to see it again in the off season it's yeah like they even do exactly. like teams even do this with trades like there's back channel communication with trades to see hey dude does this player want to come here like if i trade from oh, does he want to come here like they do this this is just what sports uh what happens with sports so i i, I don't know it, it just it just feels weird and yeah hmm. Especially when you hear them, oh, they're going to make an example out of the Heat and the Bulls. It's like, it's so dumb. It's just dumb. Yeah. Like, the whole thing is dumb. And, and and the whole process of doing these things is dumb. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like, like. And also, I also wonder, like, how much of this is on the reporters too who have a thirst to report this stuff as soon as possible well i think it's on on dumbass rich paul yeah that too that too so like it's it's that it's that line right there yeah yeah it's because so you had that i i saw i'm pretty confident i saw i saw this where they said so they said that he went to Woj, and Woj said you know what i'll report this an hour after, like, so I'll report it at six o'clock instead of five or whatever. Like, obviously, uh, whenever free agent says what six Eastern, yeah. So he said, I'll report at seven Eastern instead of, uh, sorry, he said, and then, and, and he's like, so you know, Woj had that set up in his auto tweets or whatever. And then Shams or Rich being a dumbass, he's like, no, I want it to be the first thing that happens in free agency because <laughs> i want that news out there right away um yeah. so he goes to shams and shams tweets it right away and then obviously a minute later you see woge tweeted too because you know he's like you know what since it's out there i need to get mine out there too because there's no point of me waiting at this point but yeah it's based basically because they're rich paul rich it's this is really rich paul's fault mm. I, it is <laughs> like yeah. let's be let's be blunt about it it's rich paul's fault like if if we just wait till seven o'clock or six o'clock um you know set uh central or seven eastern i, I get these timings mixed up i don't know exactly when <laughs> yeah. is when but you know you wait that time to when originally when Woj was supposed going to report it i don't think you're in this situation not really like you know it's not as like you know the league is not as like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. So then, I guess going forward, teams just need to make sure, agents, teams need to make sure that, hey, yeah, this is done, but please don't tweet it. Tweet about it until such and such. But then, yeah, they- I mean, like, what, like I want to know, like, what the hell was there to gain for Rich Paul? I get, like, like, like what, what was it that happened? Like, you know, oh, I was the first to be announced. Like, did you get extra money? Like, 
Like, just like I want to like slap that dude. Like, you just like <laughs> really screwed the Bulls because you're an idiot, basically. Yeah, I, I don't know what. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. Like the the time, it, it definitely could have waited. Reporting yeah. it at six oh one, and it's just I don't know. But I'm I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's so much that goes into it between the networks, the reporters, the agents. Like they need. They need content. They need to fill, you know, this this TV time. They need to entertain. They need to drive up ratings. You know, it, it's so much that goes into it. And it's just, this is just sports culture. Like, in baseball, it's the hot stove, you know. Uh, but I think baseball doesn't even really have a, like, uh, a period like the NBA where you can't uh, talk to free agents. Actually, I would... And, I could be completely wrong here, but I feel like as soon as the baseball season ends, teams yeah, are allowed to talk can, to players. I think so. Like they have like the winter meetings and all these different things that they do. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. baseball is just different. Yeah, like they don't like baseball doesn't care about that kind of stuff. I guess I don't know. I never, I never seem to think that they care about that kind of stuff. Like I, I wonder. I just, the, I, I've always thought it's so dumb to like like the whole tampering thing. Like like when people were mad that. That Anthony Davis went to the Lakers, and it was like, like, but do you think that if if LeBron didn't tamper, that AD wouldn't have ended up in LA? Like, do you think that AD was just sitting there minding his own business, you know? And then and then and then, and then only when LeBron <laughs> said, "Hey, you should come here. We should get you here," he's like, "Oh yeah, I had never thought about playing for the Lakers before." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was like, oh, I, I never knew that I could do that. Like, yeah. You know, is that, is that like, it's not like LeBron put the idea in his head. That was always there, man. That was always, a, you know, him wanting to go play in a situation that he could win a championship in. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that whole, like, the whole, all of it is just so dumb and just, I, I like, I don't, I just, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I just wonder. I think that the NBA would benefit from, I think every league honestly would benefit from what baseball does where it's just like, all right, there's no like, there, there's not a designated time, I think, when it's just, it's just, okay, World Series is over, season's done, let's go. Like, yeah, gonna, I, mean, I, I feel like they would just benefit from it. It would just, because we already know it happens, so why act like it doesn't? Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't get it. And then, like, the stupid little things because, like, if if I think, like, Daryl Mari or whoever, I don't remember who said what, but, like, they just mentioned something about Giannis. And yeah. they get fined for that. Yeah, you, you like, what, what, what did that hurt? Like, what did it hurt for someone to go on a show and say, yeah, Giannis is a great player? Oh, how dare you say that? <laughs> we're fighting you yeah this they, they they're overdoing it they're, they're doing too much again this is one of again this is one of the areas where i think the mlb just gets it right because they're not insulting anyone's intelligence there it's just oh you know free agency yeah go ahead i mean we already know that you're talking go ahead you can talk about a player i mean, eh, I mean as long as you're not you know flat out saying it like saying something crazy in public but i mean you could talk about them you can talk about how much oh yeah good player just but yeah it, this is all of this is about nothing. The Bulls are getting – they're just going to get, like, screwed here for nothing, and nothing is going to change. And it's yeah. Just, it's I mean, just honestly, I'm not worried about the – like, let's say we lose a draft pick. I think we still come out 
ahead in that trade. I mean, I, let's just be honest here. Oh, you yeah, gave for sure. <laughs> Sato, uh, Garrett Temple, who at this point are probably not even looking at like rotation players. Like Sato has not been good at all. Garrett at, and at best, Sato is probably like what, like a tenth, like an eighth, or not even eighth guy, like a ninth or tenth guy. Like yeah. I said, Temple is like I said, you know, a career journeyman um, that most teams wouldn't even play like the bulls played them just because like they were, that's how bad they were in, in talent overall. And then you gave up a couple of seconds and then that first. Yeah. So you still come out of way ahead in the, in the, in the trade. My most biggest concern is let's say the bulls do get charged $10 million and they're fine. Uh, like that whole J the Reinsdorf's <laughs> will they, well, what will they do? Well, somehow they will, you know, penny pinch later. That's my concern. That's my only concern, really. Can like, we, I, like <laughs> the rise of getting charged ten million dollars is like it, it's not a it's not a you know any skin off my back. Like, it, I don't sweat it. But like, you think about the consequences of a rise of own team getting charged ten million dollars because then it becomes like, oh well, now we're not going to pay this guy <laughs> when we could have gotten him in free agency that's so that's essentially like the mid-level exception right yeah the, so the, the food at the united center is going up <laughs> yeah something like it, it's gonna hurt the i feel like that's gonna come back to haunt them more than anything not not the pick obviously not ak being suspended but but risers getting being you know 10 million lighter in his in his wallet essentially yeah. that's going to hurt the bulls because the bulls are probably going to do something that's going to be a cheapy cheapskate move they're I mean, probably going <laughs> to instead of instead of using uh djj's contract to trade for a good player they're just going to try to dump him they're going to dump it for like like a future uh, second round pick yeah, <laughs> like yeah and then and and a, and a, and a trade player exception that they'll yeah. never use that's probably like that's a, that's the worry that we that I have. That's the only worry I really have about this whole thing. That now outside of just being a really annoying dumb thing, but yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, we'll yeah. wrap up here. Do you have any final thoughts uh, to see as far as the game today or uh, what we can expect uh, for the rest of the week? Yeah. I- <sighs> Like I said, I think they're going to split these two, uh, next four games. Maybe that's being optimistic, but I think they're going to split. But I've liked what I've seen from this team overall. Before this Golden State game, they've had a chance to win every single game. <laughs> they've been in it. Like, they, in the losses that they had before this Golden State game, they either had the lead or t- were tied in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter in each loss that's kind of crazy to think about right like they had a legitimate chance to win most of the games that they lost not saying that they you know if you played it most times that they still wouldn't lose but i think that's the most you can ask for from a really good team and i think what we've seen so far is very very encouraging encouraging so maybe i undersold the bulls a little bit with like finishing as a six seed they may very well end up with a top four seed when it's all said and done this team looks really good just get Vooch back get Kobe back and I think you got something here so uh yeah the Warriors game sucked but overall like they're still playing really well and they've been one of the better teams in the league to this point 
Yeah, hundred percent. Um, when you're looking at when you look at a lot of the the standings right now, it's it's very interesting as far as uh where the Bulls are are placed. <coughs> Excuse me, I apologize. Obviously, I, I expect the Bucks once they get fully healthy to start rattling off wins, and they'll climb the standings and be in that top three. Uh, obviously, the Wizards have been very surprising um, as far as where how they've started as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooklyn is probably going to stick around. I don't know if the Wizards will stick around. Obviously, we can see if the Bulls stick around. But, you know, to some of these teams that people thought would be up there, like uh, the Knicks are kind of at 500 right now. They're a game above 500. You have Atlanta that's four and nine. Yeah. Um, you know, you have teams like that. And obviously, Cleveland's been better. I think Cleveland's been probably what you thought Atlanta would be. Mm-hmm. Um this kind of a flop switch there. Like Cleveland's been good. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, surprising. Very surprising. Yeah. Surprising team. You know, Kevin Mobley or Kevin Mobley, Evan Mobley effect mm-hmm. uh, has been put into Cleveland. That, that, that kid's the real deal. Um, but yeah, he's that the, the, you look at the standings. It's interesting. Like I said, you know, and we'll see how, how it all plays out as, as we, as the season progresses. And hopefully like, as yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that they can take two of these next four games. Cause I, I would really, it would suck if they came back eight and eight somehow or like nine yeah. and yeah. nine and um, seven or whatever. Cause that would, I mean, I mean, I guess I can't be too down if they do come back like nine and seven because of the circumstances, but it would just, it would just kind of be, It'll be a little deflating for me yeah. personally. But. No, no, absolutely. It's like it's it's tough to fill Vooch's role, but I mean, this is, you got to work with it. I mean, it's it's not a whole lot you got left to really do do much with. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, that's a wrap for today's show. Uh, please follow us at Bulls Gold, and you can also follow our personal Twitter accounts at Salim underscore BG Hoops, and then at uh, Edward, you can follow at Edward Schuler Jr. Obviously, if you missed any previous episode, you can find us under the Barroom Network on all major and minor podcast platforms. And please check out all the different shows that are on the Barroom Network. We do a lot of great Chicago uh, Bulls coverage, obviously, with Bulls 101, which are, with our buddies, Chris and Laro. And obviously, there's a bunch of different Bears and, and, and uh, White Sox and Cubs and Bears show obviously i already said bears uh blackhawks i should say shows that uh, are on there and they do a lot of you know great conversations and covering of those teams as well um and then obviously please check out my show too i do a uh yeah. show with my friend carl uh science fiction um it's it's a, it's just about if you're a comic book nerd um, a sci-fi movie nerd uh, we just talk about, you know, different movies and sci-fi things, things that are happening right now. So, yeah, check that out as well. Thank you again out to listeners for tuning in. And as always, for Edward Schuler and myself, till next time, Bulls fans. Peace.